Hey, Steve Dace here, and I wasn't planning to do any more for Michigan podcast until next week because I'm actually not back to work until then. But after the trip I just experienced to the Rose Bowl, we just got home. We just landed. Literally, the first thing I'm doing here is heading down to the man cave to cut this video and just share with with all y'all uh, what it was like being there, the experience. Let me just say first and foremost right now that as much as I love that cathedral over my shoulder right here, there is nothing like the Rose Bowl. I mean, it is the perfect combination of glitz, glamour, and tradition. It's really old California, where California would take the things that, you know, we loved about Americana and just add glitz and glamour to them to make it even better. And that's really what the Rose Bowl is. Had a chance to get a private tour of the stadium and the luxury suites and, and, and the bowels of the stadium and to get on the field. And maybe some of you saw some of uh, those uh, videos and pictures uh, that we put up on Twitter at Michigan Podcast. And I mean, that, the setting itself, the Arroyo Seco, the, the San Gabriel Mountains, the pageantry, um, the, the term iconic, I, I maybe use that more just in common language this weekend than I have my entire life. I mean, it's just um, Alabama out there wearing the crimson that kind of matches the Rose, Pro, the Rose Bowl motif. Michigan, Michigan, of course, a fixture, having played in over 20 of these. And, uh, I mean, it was just the field was perfect. The weather was perfect. I mean, it's, it's a grand stage, man. I mean, it's incredible. And even if we had lost the game, this would have been... An incredible trip, once in a lifetime, bucket list thing, make sure you do it. So if you're watching right now and you have any opportunity to ever go there for the Rose Bowl itself, man, they know how to do it right. First class all the way. I would highly recommend it as a bucket list item. But that brings us to the game itself. And the game itself took a, a once in a lifetime trip and made it generational. Long after I'm gone from this earth, my, my grandchildren and great-grandchildren are going to be hearing stories from my son about this trip. It was absolutely incredible. And the game was incredible. And I got to give a hat tip out uh, to my son Noah because I was pretty dejected, you know, and I, I don't want to let... Uh, you know, I don't want to get to a point as a fan where going 13-1 and one is disappointing. Then at that point, you might as well just consider self-harm. What are we even doing here? <laughs> you know, if 13-1 is not good, then what are we even doing here, right? You know, and uh, and I was going to eject, man. I'm like, I've seen this Rose Bowl so many times. We're out here after a long layoff making uncharacteristic mistakes. We had maybe the spe best special teams unit in America this year, and it just had a systemic meltdown. All game long, from the very first muffed punt by Samaj Morgan uh, to Tommy Doman with his worst punting day of the year. It was just a bad snaps. You're like, what? What? You know, this is why do we do this in this game? What? Why does this long layoff seem to impact us more than the other team every time, right? Making mistakes out here. We haven't made all season long. I've, I've watched this with Bo. I watched it with Mo. I watched it with Lloyd. I watched it with Jim, you know, and... And I'm about to eject 
because the one thing that isn't simple is getting in and out of that stadium in a very wealthy residential area with narrow roads and 100,000 people trying to get in and out. So I'm like, let's beat the traffic, you know? And my son, he's more of a man than me. He's like, no, we got to stick this out, pops. We got to see it to the end. And you know what? I listened. I listened to Young Buck. And he was right. Because what transpired the next 20 minutes of real time, I, I, I'm not even sure how I'll do another sporting event live. How could anything top what I just experienced, what I just lived through? How could you possibly top that? I mean, the exhilaration of that final drive, we're sitting not very far from where Michigan goes for it on fourth and two from their own 31. And this is the game right here. And a brilliant play call and design by Sharon Moore and Jim Harbaugh. Blake Corm wide open in the flat. And then kind of the legend of J.J. McCarthy is born after that. Uh, the running play, and I was sitting in the stands screaming. No one, of course, on the in the sidelines can hear me. But run the quarterback all game long. I was screaming it. They finally do it again. J.J. gets a big play. Uh, J.J. throws a ball so hard that even through a deflection, it gets into the secondary for a terrific catch by Roman Wilson, who had just committed a terrible block in the back a couple of plays earlier, and then connects for the touchdown there. And Michigan, and we all hold our breaths, Michigan makes the extra point, and now the defense has to make another stop, and it does. And then we just wait for Alabama to punt, and I am literally sitting just a few yards from where Jake Thaw, for reasons only a law knows, decides to try and catch a punt, cold off the bench at the five. And if you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. This Valentine's Day, Dunkin's got the perfect pairings to show your love. So get down on one knee with a dozen brownie batter donuts and a cocoa mocha signature latte. Or make them swoon with a strawberry dragon fruit Dunkin' refresher with a Cupid's Choice Donut. Are you ready for love? America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. I mean, it was just like, we're going to Colorado 94 this. We're going to Michigan State. Trouble with the snap. We're going to do this again right here on the granddaddy of them all, the biggest stage of them all. 
Thankfully, that young man, though, rectified his mistake. And you don't really know how much bigger those Alabama players were than walk-on Jake Thaw, unless you were sitting right there like we were. That young man, he paid for that muff. That's probably why he wasn't getting yelled at. We went to the sidelines. He paid a harsh, his body is probably still recovering uh, from the, the penalty uh, that he paid from the Alabama special teams for muffing that punt. And then credit to him for jumping on it and uh, correcting his mistake. And we get to overtime. And then the iconic run, there's that word again, from Blake Corum. By the way, you know that all of Blake's touchdown runs that have been of more than five yards have all been in Michigan's biggest wins at Penn State, Ohio State, and in this Rose Bowl. Rumbling, bumbling, stumbling. And by the way, go back and watch that play. Two guys make the blocks that spring Blake on that play. One, he's been doing it all year. Max Bredesen is a dude. Okay, Max Bredesen is a guy, if you're in a dark alley, man, and you're cornered, call Max Bredesen, okay? But the other guy, did you see who it was? Carson Barnhart, a man who has had his troubles on t at tackle down the stretch, and when you struggle at tackle, you're out there on an island, the whole stadium sees. He's the guy that gets out as the guard to the second level and springs Blake now so that he can now uh, Earl Campbell his way uh, into the end zone for the winning touchdown in the Rose Bowl. And credit to Carson Barnhart for overcoming those struggles to make one of the biggest blocks of the entire season of his career just emblematic of this team. I mean, if we if we just sat here and talked about all the key contributions that led to Michigan's first Rose Bowl win since 1998, I mean, we would, this would be a lot longer video. But that's the thing. That's what this program is. It's, it's, it's the... When, when Jim Harbaugh, when Jimmy said earlier this year before the Ohio State game, if you remember, he was suspended still. And his, his pregame, his last speech to the team the night before, is he reiterated Bo, reiterated Bosha Meckler's famous, the team, the team, the team speech. And then he looked at this team and he said, you are that team. And that played out in this game. So many guys made big plays. I, I was just sitting on Twitter this morning getting ready for my flight to take off. And... Um, I saw a guy breaking down film of Alabama's drive to try to run the clock out. And you see Keon Sab, who's on an island, has to come from distance, about 15 yards, to tackle an Alabama player in space in the flat. And if he doesn't, that guy's maybe running all the way to Arcadia. Okay, that's ballgame. I mean, I, I, he's the only thing standing between that guy and uh, an L. And he comes in, all the pressure in the world, man. A guy whose name we haven't called in weeks, Keon Sab, comes in and just tags his guy. The clips you see of Michigan's offensive line just moving in an Alabama defensive front where probably every one of those guys is going to be in an NFL training camp. Josiah Stewart from Coastal Carolina on, one, on the pivotal play that won the game in overtime, just completely destroying some five-star prospect on the Alabama offensive line. I mean, it's this is a team who's... Whose, whose sum is greater than its parts. And don't get me wrong, it's a very talented team. But there's a lot of guys on this team playing above their recruiting profiles. And if you were there and you saw these teams on the field, I haven't had a chance to watch the game yet. I'm looking forward to it. I'm probably going to watch this one a couple of times. All right. But if, if you haven't seen it yet, uh, if you have, or you weren't on the field, I should say, I can tell you from the field view, Alabama, according to the, t the team talent composite, most talented team in the country, I couldn't see a difference. And our, our size and speed defensively absolutely looked every bit as menacing and ominous as theirs.
couldn't tell a difference. We physically looked like we belonged on the same field with them. And we did. Frankly, if we had not made some of the mistakes we did, we'd probably win this game by a couple of touchdowns. But you take the W when you can get it, man. And we have our first playoff victory in absolutely incredible. I can't even tell you what it was like being in that stadium. The back and forth of the dueling fourth quarter songs. We went first with Mr. Brightside. They went next with Dixieland Delight. And it was almost like the momentum swung in the game with the songs. I mean, the entire night was majestic. It was unbelievable. If you ever get a chance to do this in your life, make it so. You'll never, you won't regret it, I promise you. And then what it was like in that stadium when, the, when, the, when, when both Blake scored and then the final stop, it was absolutely amazing. I mean, I'm just, sorry, I'm just, as I'm talking about it, my mind's eye now is remembering it just as if it happened 10 minutes ago. And I'll never forget it, man. I'll never forget it. An incredible event. An incredible team. It's been an incredible last three years. And so many quality players. I haven't mentioned this a lot, and that's been purposeful because it opens up kind of a bag of worms for some people, especially given the bent uh, that uh, Michigan is traditionally known for. But to hear so many of these players from JJ to Blake, I mean, key players on the team, talking about uh, spirituality and their faith and the role that that combined common cause has had on their team. Um, I, I just don't know how you could be prouder as a fan. It is whatever come whatever comes Monday night. It's the perfect season, not just in record, but in the way that it played out and in the, the caliber of these young men. Uh, you can be proud of them. And uh, you just, it was amazing. I'm not even sure I get paid to talk for a living. I, I don't know that I can do adequate justice for what it was like inside of that stadium. Hopefully some of the pictures and videos we took and shared in real time on our Twitter account at Michigan Podcast can do it justice for you. But now we turn our attention to the national championship game against Washington. And you know, I was uh, uh, in Ann Arbor for the Purdue game and I had dinner with a couple of uh, my Michigan uh, contacts, my Michigan little birdies. And uh, they were asking me, so hey man, you watch a ton of college football. What's the one team you think could stop this team from winning the national championship? And the team I told them was Washington. Because I was worried about those three receivers. Everybody, someone's open. Every can't. These three guys are too good. Someone's always open. It's just a matter of can you put enough pressure on the quarterback so he doesn't see it or can't deliver the ball. This is very reminiscent of um, the Ohio State team that they were supposed to have in 2021 with uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Ameka Abuka, and Marvin Harrison Jr. But remember, Jackson Smith and Jigba was injured much of that year with a hamstring that somehow didn't heal for 14 weeks. Um, all three of these guys, all pros, Polk, McMillan, and Odunze, who is right up there with Marvin Harrison Jr. He's going to be a top 10 pick in the NFL draft, I believe, as well. Uh, Michael Penix, very C.J. Stroud-like quarterback. Uh, excellent arm talent. Um, and it's kind of full circle for Michigan. You know, the first sign that things were maybe hitting rock bottom in 2020, that law, you know, the loss to Michigan State, it's a, maybe it's a fluke in-state game. We've, we've lost to them and been upset them by them before. 
But you were supposed to have the bounce back the next week to Indiana, and Michael Penix just threw all over us. And Joe Milton basically threw up. And that was the sign of, uh-oh, this is going to be like Carl Lewis trying to sing the national anthem. This is not going to go well. And it didn't. Well, now we come full circle, and in a couple different ways. One, to win the national championship, Michigan has to go through Michael Penix again. Uh, a more experienced Michael Penix with even better weapons around him. Number two, full circle as well in that the last time Michigan won a national championship had to beat a school from the state of Washington. Washington State and Ryan Leaf to do it, and now it has to beat the University of Washington to do it. I think that this is going to require 30-plus points to win. I think we could play an excellent defensive game, and they still score 27 points. In fact, that's what I am predicting. I think that we will be able to control the line of scrimmage with our offensive line against their defensive front. I think Blake Corum will have a big game running the football. would not shock me. If, uh, especially if we strategically run J.J. a few times so that they have to respect it, I could see Blake having his best rushing performance of the season. And we use that to try to keep that offense off the field and limit its opportunities as much as possible. And much like Stroud, he can run, but Penix prefers not to. Um, the one thing that I like about our team uh, compared to Texas is Texas had the great two defensive tackles, but not a lot of pressure off the edge. We've got two great defensive tackles like Texas, but we can also bring pressure off the edge and that can collapse pockets. But be careful blitzing because dude just throws those arm punts up there and these receivers, particularly Odunze, goes up and gets it with those 50-50 balls. So I think it, it just kind of feels as if Michigan might be a team of destiny, that this is the, the Wolverines year. So I think Michigan will win the national championship, but I think we'll be biting our nails again throughout much of it. I'm going to go Michigan 34 with a grind out the clock, end the game, you know, by running the ball to run out the clock kind of drive. Michigan 34, Washington 27, and I think we do win the national championship. And then we'll have a lot to talk about with, a, I think, a, a fairly tumultuous offseason after the fact. But don't be in a hurry to get there. Enjoy this. Revel in it. This doesn't come around very often. Seasons like this don't come around like this very often. Enjoy it. And make sure to bask in it. Because we may never get a chance to experience anything like this ever again in our lifetimes as Michigan fans. Don't take it for granted. I'm Steve Dace. Go Blue.